hydrangeas start growing, I want you to cut them. And then obviously you get two shoots where there's one. And you learn all these different things about it. And so that idea of pruning for the plant isn't exactly fun. But if you remember that it's all about the fruit, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's purpose in some of what God is doing right now. And of course, Jesus says something very similar in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 20, where he says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Being pruned isn't a fun experience. Think of it in terms of a plant. If it could feel, do you think it would enjoy having a branch chopped off? Of course not. But then think about the growth that happens. Pastor Daniel will tell you today how much better and healthier that plant is because of the pruning. It's true in your spiritual life too. God needs to have the freedom to prune you in order for something much better to grow. Now here's Pastor Daniel in John chapter 15 as he begins his message our so no matter how beautiful a house may be, no matter how much custom design there might be that was placed into the, the creation of the house, really the key to a house is when a house becomes a home because of what goes on inside of it. I mean, yeah, sure, you can have this a house that is just a model that is just there for people to look at. But really for all of us, when we think about like a house, it's really about that movement from a house to a home. I remember first hearing that phrase when I was just a young man. My pastor, Pastor John Henry Corcoran and his bride, Hillary, were very instrumental in my uh, life and in my experience and growth and in the ministry. And I'll never forget how uh, one time I was talking with with Pastor John Henry and Hillary. Hillary was talking about how it was important for her not just to have a house, but a home. And then my pastor jumped in and said, you know, left up to my own device, I want everything to be so clean and neat and in order. And he's like, I'll never forget it. One time Hillary said to me, well, John Henry, do you want a house or do you want a home? And he's like, and I stopped right there and I was kind of surprised by what she said. But I realized that, you know, sometimes we can be so focused on the house that we don't let it translate into a home because really the fruit of a house is what goes on inside of it. I just saw this in my own home because our youngest Annabelle just turned seven years old. I can't believe she's seven, but she is. She's just a young lady. In the lead up to her birthday, all Annabelle said she wanted for her birthday was like, I just want everyone to be together. I don't want anyone to have to go to school. I want anyone to go to work. I just want us to be together. And so we kind of designed Annabelle's birthday around this theme of we're all just going to be together. And in the morning after, you know, she opened up a couple of gifts and we were all sitting there and, and we were just talking, I looked around and I just thought to myself, this is what this house was created for, to be the place where my family grows together and they were laughing and you know you know Annabelle is seven and Maranatha is almost 13 and Obadiah is almost 16 and Lynn and I and just the interaction that happens you know and it's just such an important reminder that really the beauty of a house is the fact that it becomes a home where there are memories made where people grow up there and and I bring this up because we're doing this series that's called restoration and we've been looking at how in this new year after all that went on last year God wants to do a little bit of work of renovating and restoring. 
And in a lot of ways, I'm aware that we're all rental projects, aren't we? We're all fixer-uppers. There's all of us that we have these things that are in our life that God's like, hey, I need to do a work here. I want to do a work here. Will you let me do a work here? And there's no doubt right now, it's time for God to bring restoration to some of the things that have been broken. And we've been looking about how, you know, God wants to restore our souls and he wants to restore our families, both our individual families and our church family, and also how God wants to restore our communities Really today, I want to kind of shift a little bit to the fruit that God wants to bear in and through the Crossroads family. And anytime I start thinking about fruit bearing, I always think of the exact same passage. If you know the Bible at all, you probably thought about it as well. And that's John chapter 15. So open up your Bibles to John chapter 15. We're going to be looking at verses 1 to 8 together. A very beautiful, classic chapter. So if you have a Bible, open up that fourth gospel in the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Of course, chapter 15 is still between chapter 14 and 16. They haven't reordered the number system yet, but they might. You never know what will happen. John chapter 15, verse 1 says this. It says, I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. Now, right away from the beginning, these first number of verses, really we learn something really important is that it's all about the fruit, right? Like if you have a fruit tree, the fruit tree is only as good as the fruit that it produces. And really in this passage, what we realize is that what God is really most interested in is this fruit that he wants to bear in the lives of of the people of God. And Jesus begins to kind of unpack this for us, where in verse 1 it says that I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And so Jesus is this tree, he's this vine, and the father is the one who is the caretaker of the vine, who, who has a purpose in what he's trying to do. It says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it might bear more fruit. Now, in verse 2, it's a little complicated because some translations say, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and other translation says, or he lifts up. The Greek language is a little bit, you can interpret it a number of different ways, and really what he's saying is that Jesus is the trunk, and then there are these branches, and if a branch doesn't bear fruit, either the vine dresser takes it away. That's one way you can interpret it. Or he pushes it forward so that he helps it and supports it so that it can bear fruit. And then he says, if a branch is bearing fruit, then he says he prunes it. So he cuts away some of the shoots that it might bear more fruit. 
And then he says, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. And so really what we see right away is that Jesus as the true vine and the father as the vine dresser, the vine dresser's only concern is bearing fruit. For the one that isn't bearing fruit, either he removes it or he lifts it up and supports it so that it'll bear fruit. And for the ones that are bearing fruit, he's going to prune it that it might bear more fruit. Now, obviously, you know, if you're bearing fruit and God is pruning in your life, nobody really enjoys it unless you remember it's all about the fruit. I remember, and I've learned this, I'm not a great gardener by any stretch of the means, but you know, in caring for our home, you know, we would always hear like, oh, if you want to change this, here's what you do. Right as these hydrangeas start growing, I want you to cut them. And then obviously you get two shoots where there's one and you learn all these different things about it. And so that idea of pruning for the plant isn't exactly fun, but if you remember that it's all about the fruit, then all of a sudden you're like, oh, there's purpose in some of what God is doing right now. And of course, Jesus says something very similar in Matthew chapter 7, verses 16 to 20, where he says, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown in the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by their fruit. And so really what Jesus is saying is you will know those who are Jesus's by the fruit that is born. Now, in the same way as we've looked at our mission to simply respond to Jesus, and as we look at, you know, our vision that Because Jesus is real, we're a family of faith, fully engaged, transforming our community, our world. As we, as we live our lives through that Dr. Mr. framework, devotional, relational, missional, and reproducible, all that stuff is fine. But really you realize, is this really worth it or working or should we be doing this based on what fruit is it bearing? Now, from there, if we pick up now in verse four of John chapter 15, Jesus explains more how this fruit is born. Listen to what it says, verse 4. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and they throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now, really what we learned here is that if it's all about the fruit, then it's all about abiding. It's all about abiding. Now, that word abiding, you know, we think, what does it mean to abide? It means to stay rooted. And the picture, of course, is Jesus is the vine. So so Jesus is the trunk. And the father is the vine dresser. He is the gardener who has a purpose in what he's planting. And now we learn that we need to abide in Jesus because Jesus is the vine and we get to be the branches. Now, you have to remember that the fruit is actually born on the branches, not on the trunk. I've never seen an apple tree with apples coming out of the trunk. There's these shoots, these branches that come out, and then they become fruitful. Now, if we want our lives to be fruitful, because it's all about the fruit, if we realize that Jesus has redeemed each one of us and placed us into the people of God so that we would bear fruit, how do we bear fruit? And it's simply by this simple act of abiding. Right? 
Now, notice what it says. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Now, really what he's saying here is that the branch separated off from the nourishment that comes from the trunk and the root system on its own cannot bear fruit. But if it abides, if it stays connected to where the power is, now all of a sudden fruit gets born. And let's just be honest. One of the hardest things in our lives as Christians is to abide in Jesus, to stay rooted in Jesus. And the reason is, is because we all have so many things going on in our lives. There's so many circumstances and situations. There's so many things that need our attention in the midst of it. And then we all have all of our own struggles or all of our own temptations. And so really what we find here is that in the midst of a world full of distractions and struggles and temptations, things that grab our attention, our job is even as all those things go on, we need to stay rooted. We need to make sure that we are connected to where the power is. There's an old church saying, you need to stay under the spout where the blessings come out right? It's a different picture, but in the same idea, a branch that is not connected to the trunk ultimately ends up withering. And that's exactly what Jesus says. Look at verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. Now that's some significant language, but it's true because I do this in my backyard with my trees. When When branches fall off the trees, they start to die. So I collect them up. Now, I don't burn them, but some of you do because some of we, you know, we we can burn some of our yard waste. I put them in the yard waste recycling can and they come every other week and they take it all away because I realize that those branches, if they're not connected to the vine, they're not going to have fruit on it. They're not going to grow and they just wither away. And ultimately, if you just leave them in your yard, they just begin to decompose over time. And that's exactly what happens to a person who does not abide in Jesus. And so the key for all of us is to not only say yes to Jesus and put our faith and trust in Jesus, but then to continually abide in Jesus every single day. The fruit that God wants to bear in our life is when we continue to abide in Jesus. Now, we all know this. Science tells us, of course, that really we have growth when we have consistency, right? So it's the idea that if you go on like the next fad diet and you know, and you do it for a little bit and then you go right back to the way you used to be or people who get different surgeries to try and deal with some of these things. If you don't have a lifestyle change, then these things all just come back over time. And because it shows that really the growth really comes from consistency. And for each one of us, we need to consistently abide in Jesus. We need to make sure that every single day we are rooted in the things of Jesus, that we are simply responding to Jesus, that we are worshiping Jesus. Because the only way for us to bear fruit is if we abide in Jesus. I mean, listen to what Jesus says. I love that Jesus is so specific with us. Look at verse five. I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Now, what he's saying there is without me, you cannot bear fruit that glorifies the Father. He's not saying that if you don't believe in me, you can't do anything because there's all sorts of people who don't believe in Jesus who do all sorts of things. What he's saying is we're talking about eternal fruit. We're talking about things that last, not just temporary things. We're talking about eternal things. And the only fruit that glorifies the Father is the fruit that is born from abiding in Jesus because Jesus is the only one who pleases the Father in totality. 
And so I want to make sure there's a saying that I've heard and I've always have to remind myself that the problem is not, you know, not being successful. The bigger problem is being successful at things that don't really matter. And I always have to think about that because I'm like, if I only get one life to live, right? One life this side of eternity. And I do realize one life to live is an old school soap opera for those of you who've been around the TV since the 80s and the 70s, right? But the thing is, if you only live once this side of eternity, then you want to make sure that whatever it is that you are successful in actually really matters. And it has that eternal fruitfulness to it. And Jesus is saying, listen, unless you abide in me because I am the vine, you can't do anything. You can do lots of stuff, but it has no eternal value. And we have to make sure that we are living in light of eternity, not just the next couple days or years. The Apostle John said it this way, 1 John chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. But whoever keeps his word, in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way that he walked. Now, I think the Apostle John just gives us like such a great nugget for this idea of it's all about abiding because he's saying whoever abides in him ought to walk in the same way that Jesus walked. So really, that's the question. You want to know if you're abiding. Am I walking through the world in the same way that Jesus would walk through the world? Am I walking through this situation that I find myself in in the exact same way that I believe Jesus would have walked? And in a lot of ways, that is the great question of what Christian ethics could be. There were the old bracelets, the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Listen, that's a great question because you know you're abiding in Jesus if you walk as you believe Jesus would have walked in the same situation. And it's amazing how when you are talking to people about life, that when you bring this idea up, how quickly people are like, oh. Because oftentimes in our minds, we convince ourselves that this is the right way to do it, or it's what we really want, or we have people around us who are saying, hey, is that, like, that's how you should do it. And then you go to do it, and if you, you don't even ask, well, if Jesus was in this situation, what would Jesus do? How would Jesus handle it? Right? Because you know that you abide in him when you walk just as Jesus would have walked. Why? Because you're abiding in him and you're getting your power and your nourishment, not from our minds or our cultures or even our preferences. We're getting them from the Lord himself because we are connected to him. I always think of that, that picture of abiding, of being umbilically connected to, to Jesus. Just the way like an unborn child is connected umbilically to their mother. That child's ability to survive and to thrive and to grow is completely and totally dependent upon their mother. And in the exact same way, we abide in Jesus where the only way for us to be truly nourished, not only to survive, but to thrive, to come into the fullness of our potential is for us to be umbilically connected to Jesus so that Jesus, the nourishment of who he is, his power, his life, now all of a sudden is flowing into us through the finished work of, of the cross and through the spirit. And now all of a sudden, then we start to, to grow and we bear this beautiful fruit. So it's all about the fruit, and that fruit is born through abiding. Now, ultimately, what do we call this whole process? And really what's beautiful is, listen to verses 7 and 8 of John 15. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, 
You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you may bear much fruit so you will be my disciple. See, listen, this whole process, it tells us it's all about discipleship. It's all about discipleship because Jesus says, listen, if, I, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Now, think about how powerful that is. He's saying, if you stay umbilically connected to me, right, that we're, we're unified, we are one, and my words have, are abiding in you, then whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. Now, how is that possible? Of course, because the Bible says if you delight yourself, the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. Now, that doesn't mean that if you believe in Jesus, God will give you everything you ever asked for because that's not what Jesus is saying here. He's not saying believe in me. Listen, you have to believe in him to abide in him, but you can believe in him and not abide in him. And you can believe in him and his words are not abiding in you. See, Jesus isn't offering a blank sign check for whatever you want. He is offering you the ability and the opportunity for Jesus to transform your life so that the things that you want are the things that God wants for you. And that's why Jesus can say, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you want and it will be given to you because God changes our desires. That's what happens. In discipleship, God transforms our, as I like, like to always say, our natural reactions to biblical responses. He changes the very things that we want. And when that happens then we pray in accordance already with God's will because we're abiding in Jesus and we know God's word. And then it says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So the vine dresser, the gardener is glorified by the fruitfulness that the trees that he is caring for produces. And he's like, and when that happens, that's how you know who my disciples are. So you could always know who a disciple is by the fruit that is being born in their life. And if it's all about discipleship, then the question for us should be, how am I doing growing in discipleship? That word literally means to be a learner of Jesus, somebody who is known for who they are in Jesus. Now, if you want to know what discipleship is all about, listen to Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 to 26. Jesus says it this way. Jesus told his disciples... If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So he's saying, look, if anybody wants to come after you, if anyone wants to be my disciple, first you deny yourself, then you take up your cross, and then you follow Jesus. Jesus is real. Are you bearing fruit for Jesus? That's a question Pastor Daniel wanted you to ponder today. As a follower of Jesus, your daily life is supposed to point to him. It's supposed to be fruitful demonstrating what the Savior has done for you. But how is that possible? Pastor Daniel told you today that it's by remaining firmly attached to Jesus. You need to spend time with him daily, renewing and refreshing your faith as you do. 
Hey everybody, this is Pastor Daniel, and I want to be honest with you for a moment. Life is messy, and the hard reality is, if it isn't messy for you now, it will be, and it probably has been in the past. Did you know that you can still thrive in tough times? It's true, but only through the power of Jesus. That's the purpose behind my book, Honestly. I want you to know how to keep living your best life in Jesus, no matter the circumstances. You can find out more about it and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, I wanted to remind you that each day on Facebook, Pastor Daniel shares a simple two-minute message. In this message, Pastor Daniel draws out an important biblical truth that really helps set your day on the right path. So be sure to follow Pastor Daniel Fusco on Facebook and share these two-minute messages with your friends and family. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel continues to talk about this idea of abiding in Christ. We'll be urging you to stay connected to Jesus, but not just in words. You need to depend on Jesus for all your needs. He's the source of your comfort, rest, joy, and grace, and so much more. By remaining attached to Him and seeking Him for those things, the result will be incredible. Jesus will help you to be successful in walking with Him. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Restoration. Please glance at the clock right now. He plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio.